Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook. Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How are you? Well, Happy New Year. It's the first episode of the new year. Now, we're recording this back in the fall, but when you hear it, it should be around about the fifth day of January. So I hope that your 2022 has gotten off to a great start. And I think, as with everyone, I am hoping that 2022 is different (laughs) than the last couple of years have been, at least in terms of, you know, pandemics. So I'm really excited today. I've got Carissa Carner with me. We're going to talk about how to become a fearless speaker. And and here's the thing, guys. Everything she says is going to be applicable to you. So don't hang up yet. (laughs) But just know that this is going to be specifically for women because we as women oftentimes are the ones who struggle with using our voice in a fearless way, in a way that serves us both professionally and personally. So we're going to really do a deep dive into that today. So first off, Carissa, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. It is my absolute pleasure. Well, I'm really excited to dive into this topic. And and first, I want you to tell the audience about you and tell them a little bit about your story. Sure, I will. And I'll say Happy New Year to everyone as they're listening as well. And I loved what you said about fearless public speaking. It's not just about public speaking. This is for you if you have a voice and you want to be able to use it. Because, you know, I am a public speaking coach. But I've been shy and introverted for my my whole life. You know, I'm not one of those people who was born extroverted and just comfortable talking to people. So I get it if you feel that way at all. I was always concerned about doing things right and not getting in trouble and making sure everyone around me was happy and comfortable and just not wanting to take up too much space. And feeling this way really, it got in the way of my professional success, as you can imagine. If you're listening, maybe you can relate to that as well. I entered the professional world after college and, you know, I I didn't know how to ask for a raise. I didn't know how to negotiate salary. I didn't know how to ask for a promotion. I didn't know how to have a difficult conversation with a boss or a manager. And, you know, I was remembering back to early on in my career. Oh, if you were with me back then, you would have seen me in a job that I, I, I really didn't enjoy. I had to do a lot of those, they call it warm calling, you know, where you are calling back people who've expressed an interest in a product, but not really sure if they want it, but you're calling and trying to see if they're interested now. And I just, I hated it. Yeah, it was so yucky. And my boss wasn't really a very nice guy and I dreaded going to work. But I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to you know, ask for coaching or for help. I didn't know how to ask maybe if there was something different I could be doing. I didn't know what to do. So I called my mom and she said, well, you know, honey, I think you just need a new job. 
And I thought, okay. So I went out and looked for a new job and I, and I got a new job, but I didn't know how to leave the first one. Oops. I didn't even know how to use my voice to say, you know, I don't, I don't want to work here anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so what a problem. I, oh, yeah. And, you know, I racked my brain for about two days trying to come up with an excuse. I thought, well, I could tell them I have a family emergency and just, and just slide a note under the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what I ended up doing, I, I'm so embarrassed to say, I just ghosted them. I just left and I didn't say a word. I just stopped showing up at work. I didn't answer their calls. I just totally ghosted them. You I felt didn't have the skills. You didn't know, you didn't know what to do and how to do it. I get that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But I felt a lot of shame about it at the time. I felt really, really embarrassed. And, you know, when you fast forward to today, though, things are, you know, they're, they're very different now that I'm a public speaking coach. I have tools to feel confident and comfortable in my own skin, using my voice in any situation, you know, not just standing on stage and doing a presentation, but having conversations with my spouse, raising my fees in my business, just everywhere and anywhere. And, and the best part is that I get to teach other people how to do that, which I love. I love that story. What I thought about when I was back in the 90s, when I was the director of the Career Center at Columbus State University, we had a very strange employee. He was one of my coordinators and he had given his notice. So I didn't know that he was leaving, but it wasn't supposed to be until like the end of the week. And this was the beginning of the week or maybe even the end of the previous week. So he had some more days to work. And he said, I have to go over to HR. And so, you know, you do when you're getting ready to leave, you have some out processing to do. But he he hours went by and he never came back. And so finally, I called HR, you know, it'd been three or four hours. And they're like, oh, yeah, he left. He said he was leaving campus and he was done. And I mean, he had left a bunch of stuff in his office. He left a couch in his office. And so... He had originally said, I'm, I'm going to my truck, he had, as is what he's actually said. He, I'm going to my truck, and then I'm going to go check into HR. And so the joke became around the office. Whenever we were like frustrated at work, we would just say, well, I'm just going to go to my truck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you went to your truck, didn't you? <laughs> I just went to my truck. Yep. And I never came back. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved what you said about, you know, I didn't have the skills. And it's the same with that guy. He he clearly didn't have the skills either that he didn't know how to how to speak up and use his voice and just say I'm I'm not just going to my truck. I'm I'm going to leave forever. Right. <laughs> Those are two different things as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking today about how to become a fearless speaker and and I think you've set the stage beautifully for why it's so important. But why especially with women do you see this as an issue? Well, I know in my experience and with many of my clients, both my coaching clients and in the psychotherapy world, that the women that I work with have been taught to be quiet, to not rock the boat, to make sure that other people are comfortable first, to really to be pleasant and not take up too much space. And the problem is, is that then we become very good at that and we don't know how to speak up 
in our personal or our professional lives to grow and evolve and try new things and set boundaries and really take up our space. Yeah, that is so important and such a good point. I was thinking about, you know, when men are assertive, that's they're called assertive, they're called confident and, you know, all of those very positive words. And when women do the same thing, we are we are given the B word, aren't we? Yes, we certainly are. Exactly. I just saw like a meme or something the other day that said, you know, when when w- women rest their faces, we're told we're angry. When men rest their faces, it's just natural. I love that. Yeah. And the reason I chose the word fearless is because to me, fearless speaks to courage, having the courage to speak because, you know, I didn't call it the, the anxiety free speaker because nerves and anxiety are so often, especially when it's not something that's comfortable yet, nerves and anxiety are a normal part of speaking up and trying something new, but to be able to reduce or move through the fear that freezes us and prevents you from speaking, that is really the key. Oh, that is so true. And and I think about so many people think, I have to get rid of the nerves, I have to get rid of the doubt and the self-confidence or the lack of self-confidence to do this thing. And in fact, I the analogy that I use often with my clients is, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, fear and anxiety are going to be with you. If you're t- if that's your tendency, I listened to a coach and have been coached by a woman who I, I believe her business brought in $50 million this year, and she talks about waking up every morning with anxiety. The problem is when you let it drive the car. So let's put it in the back seat. We can see it in the rearview mirror and give it a finger wave every once in a while, but it does not get to drive that vehicle. Yes, indeed. Oh, what a great analogy. Yeah, put it in the back seat. Let it know, hey, everything's okay. I got the wheel. We're going to be all right. But it doesn't get to drive. No, it does not. And by the way, you buried the lead. You mentioned psychotherapy world, but you didn't tell us about that. Ah, yes. So, well, that's kind of how I came to what I do now is that, so I I was in the theater for a long time. And even though you'd think, well, you're in the theater, Carissa, you should be able to use your voice. But I was just really good at speaking other people's words. And I left that field and then I became a psychotherapist and I kind of, you know, hid behind my clients and just let them take up the space. But over the course of the years, I realized, you know, I I need to be able to speak up for myself. And so through my own therapy and even going to therapy school and getting a lot of my own coaching, I, I pulled together all of these things that I do to kind of make a shortcut for everybody else. You know, the best of the acting world, the best of the psychotherapy world, the best of the public speaking world, to be able to bottle up a little formula for people to help them feel confident using their voice. So I I dabble in, in all the pieces together. And as an aside, folks, what I hope you heard in the subtext there was that you can have what seemed to be very disparate interests and and passions in your life. And I promise you there is an intersection of those passions. I always think about taking a group of students when I worked at Truman State University down to the Museum of Missouri History, I think is what it was called, but it was in St. Louis. And we had a couple of Truman grads who talked about how they got into what they do at the museum. And one of them said her passions were cooking and teaching, right? Like cooking and teaching. Well, she does 
demonstrations at the museum of the way they cooked back in the 1900s, the 1800s, whatever it was, you know, depending on whatever their exhibits are that they have up. And she would teach them how they baked bread back in the 1800s. And she would demonstrate and, you know, speak through the whole thing. And I just thought that was such a cool example of, you know, I like to teach and present. I like to be on stage, but I like to cook bread. Hmm, Those don't seem like they should go together, but they do. Oh, yes. And, and, you know, and thinking about using your voice, I think a big part of that is actually listening inside first so that you know the voice that wants to come out and that that woman, she really listened inside to find those things that she loved so that she could then take that into a journey of manifesting that. How cool is that? Very cool. And she just loved her job so much. And so don't ever think that the things that you love to do outside of work that that you fantasize about when you're when your mind is free to do so when you what you engage in outside of work that that cannot become your livelihood in some way it just may not be the way that is most obvious to you so that's a that's a side path that's me getting on my soap opera on my soapbox I'll get down now (laughs) (laughs) that's a good soapbox (laughs) so you and I talked about three specific settings where it's really important to be able to speak. And it was job interviews, which certainly I've talked about a lot on this podcast, presentation. So whether that is you've been asked to get up in front of your entire company and make a presentation, maybe it's a presentation to a prospective client, a presentation within your own department, and then also one-on-one difficult conversations, things about performance or raises, as you mentioned earlier. What is it about those three areas that are specifically so important in in terms of speaking? Well, I really like to look at all of these things are public speaking. So often when people hear that term public speaking, I think they think about doing a TED Talk or standing on stage in front of thousands of people, but it can come down to a one-on-one conversation with a boss or a coworker. A job interview is absolutely public speaking. And I know that's something that's really important to to those of you who are listening is being able to feel confident, comfortable, to know what to say and how to say it in all of these different situations that may come up in your professional life. I think one of the most frustrating things from a professional standpoint and personal as well, I guess, is to have inside of you this voice that is is hungry to come out, that feels like your soul is not fulfilled until you speak this message, speak, tell your story, speak your truth, and yet you don't either have the confidence to do it or the skill set to to get that out into the world. And so that's hopefully what we're going to at least help correct today. Absolutely. I have a a few techniques that I love and I find myself using over and over again. Yes, we want to hear about them. Oh, fantastic. So, So one is called mental rehearsal. And I love this technique because you know how actors, they do a rehearsal before they they have the big show, big opening night. It's the same idea, but you don't have to do a big production. You can just have a rehearsal inside your mind. And so you play, you just play over what you think is going to happen. Of course, you don't know exactly because you haven't been there yet, but you just imagine it and you play a movie in your mind 
of whatever it is that you're going to do. Maybe you're going to go and ask for a raise, or maybe you are having a big presentation in front of your company. But to play it through from a little bit before the beginning, all the way through the event and all the way to the end, and imagine it going really, really well. Mm. And then even at the end, imagine yourself after it's over, telling someone, someone who you trust and you care about and cares about you, telling them this event went so well, or this conversation went so well, here's what happened. And when you play that through, in a way, your brain thinks you've already done it, even though you haven't in reality. So when you actually go and do it, it feels like you've already been there. Yeah, that's very cool. And I, I, was, I was holding my breath as you were telling that story because I think the, the critical piece of that is having it go so well because so many of us do that kind of thing, but we do it with fatalistic vision, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. And then we're preparing ourselves for the fatalistic vision for things to go wrong. Exactly. Uh-huh. And so because too, I love that you brought that up because another thing that I, I think is so helpful is to actually, I like to think about talking to the part of myself that is most nervous and most anxious in a very kind and loving way. It can be really common that we want to just send that away to get rid of that part. Like, oh, I just, I don't, I don't want to feel that. So I'm just going to, I'm going to shove it down, you know, not just put it in the, in the back seat, but I'm going to throw it under the car and drive over it. (laughs) And it can be so helpful to say, Hey, you know, I know you're anxious. Just like you might talk to a son or daughter or a child. Hey, I know you're anxious and I'm going to put you in the back seat of the car and wrap you up in a blanket and give you a nice snack. And I've got this. We're going to be okay. But I really understand you're very nervous. Yeah, that that pushing it down, I think about a pressure cooker. If you try to just shove all that stuff down there, eventually it's going to blow. You've got to have a, a, a valve for it. And recognizing that it's there, one of the things my coach talks about is, is giving that anxiety, that fear a name is automatically going to dissipate it somewhat. Just calling it out is what it is and describing it in your body. It just is like a release valve for it. It's okay. You're going to be fine. And really paying attention to that self-talk in general, not when there's just a, a big presentation coming up. But I remember listening to a podcast and the coach was talking about stopping the negative self-talk. And I thought, you know what, if she can do it, so can I. So I just drew a line in the sand that day. And of course, there were some some backsliding moments. But in general, from that day forward, I just decided that I wasn't going to talk to myself in a way that I would never talk to a friend. And if anyone talked to me that way, they wouldn't be my friend. And yet I was doing that to myself. So I drew that line in the sand and it has been a real game changer. I love that. I I did a TED talk on that. It's called The Art of Being Your Own Best Friend. Love it. Love it so much. Love it. Yeah. All right. So we want to bring down our anxiety when we have these talks. We want to have as much self-confidence as we possibly can. We want to be prepared. So I think you have an acronym to help us with this. Tell us about it. I do. So I really found that I used a similar system over and over again. 
And I remember way back the very first time I negotiated a salary. So this is how long it took me. I was almost 40 the very first time I negotiated a salary. And I was with my friend. We were both trying to to advance our careers in the mental health field. And she said, you know, next, my next job, I'm going to ask for this amount. And I thought, wow, you can do that. Okay. (laughs) And I thought, just like what you just said, if she can do it, I can do it. I love her. I respect her. If she can do it, I can do it. And so I I got offered this new job and I thought, okay, now's the time I'm going to do it. And so I had to really prep myself. I had to come up and really think about the number I wanted and say the number over and over and over again, practice the words I was going to say, remember why I was doing it, all of these things to get myself ready. And then finally on that, that phone call, when we talked about money, I said the words and the world didn't end. (laughs) They didn't hang up on you? She didn't hang up on me. And she said, oh, okay, I think we can do that. Let me get back to you. Oh, that was easy. (laughs) I was shocked. I was shocked. But I I realized looking back then, I had already started using this formula. And so now since then, I've had a lot more of my own coaching, a lot more of my own classes on really how to use my voice in a professional setting so that I can create a business that supports me. And as I started doing more and more of this, using my voice in my own business, I thought I'm using the same formula, the same framework every single time. I should really write this down. (laughs) And, And so I did so that I can share it with others and they can use the same formula to use their voice and ask for what they want. And so It's called Use Your Voice, V-O-I-C-E. And that stands for visualize what you want. That's the V. O is outline your script. I is invoke your why. C is communicate your message. And E is encourage reflection. Ooh, I can't wait to hear more. Tell Mm -hmm. us. Great. So it's really starting with that visualizing what you want is so valuable. I said something before about using your voice. Part of it is being able to listen first inside and even knowing what you want to say is so important. And so taking that time, whether it's just sitting and meditating or writing it out in your journal, or even talking to friends or loved ones to really be able to visualize what is it that you want? And once you have a clear picture, I recommend starting, you know, maybe not with the whole picture, but with one piece at a time. So pick the first piece you want to work on, first piece you want to be able to use your voice to say, and then outline your script. So say it's that you do want to ask for a raise. Just sit down and even write out what it is you want to say and how you want to say it, because that helps to decrease the anxiety so much just to have a script in your hands. You can take notes in with you. And that way you're not just going in blind and feeling like you don't know what you're doing. Yes. Love it. And then the I invoke your why. One of the most motivating things is to come back to why you're doing it in the first place. Whatever that is for you, maybe Say it is you're asking for a raise because you want to be able to support your family better. You want to be able to take a dream vacation. You want to be able to outsource something that is causing you a lot of stress. Coming back to that why, why it's important to you. Maybe you want to have a better connection with someone. 
coming back to that is one of the most motivating factors to help you follow through and actually do it and not just think about it. And to be clear, those may not be things and probably won't be things that you would share with the other person or people. It's just internally to get centered around why you're doing this, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, that's that's not for the, necessarily the other person to know. It's really for you to let that be that motivating factor, that kind of the wind beneath your wings mm. to help you take action. Yeah. Wonderful. And then, of course, you know, once you decide what you want to say and you even think about how you want to say it, you write out your script, you, you really connected to why you're doing this in the first place, you have to actually do it. So that's a step in this process, too, is to communicate that message, to take action, communicate, asking for that raise, communicate by giving your presentation. Whatever it is that you need to speak, you want to ask for, you want to set the boundary, you need to ask for help, you have to do the communicating. So that's a step along this path. And then once you communicate, something that I find very helpful is to encourage reflection. So even back when I had asked for that, I negotiated that salary. Just by saying the words, taking a pause, letting the, the woman who is hiring me have some, some space to respond, and even asking, you know, how does that sound? That takes a little bit of pressure off of you, and you're also just making space to talk about what just happened. And it can really make the whole process feel more comfortable. So t how would that look, that last piece, if you were doing a presentation for a group? What, what might that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So what that looks like when you're doing a presentation is one of the ways to really help your audience stay engaged is by peppering your entire presentation with reflective questions and check-ins. So that might look like starting off with a question. You know, has anybody ever, like, like I even asked if you, if you think all the way back to the beginning of our interview, I said, you know, if you're listening, maybe you felt this way or maybe you can relate. And that was a way of actually encouraging you, the audience, to think about your own experience. And throughout the presentation, you can just check in. Hey, you know, do you know what that feels like? Have you ever thought of that? And it helps to make that connection. Love this. I love it. So what else do the listeners need to know? What else do you want to tell them about being a fearless speaker today? Sure. Well, I, I don't have this in the voice acronym, but I think a really important part to end this whole framework with is to celebrate every time. Yes. You stand up and speak up for yourself. Have a celebration, whether it's a big celebration, you know, a party or you're going out to dinner, or you just take a moment and sit down with a cup of tea and just say, yes, I did that. It's so important to acknowledge yourself. And folks, for if you're in an interview, if you're going through the job search process, this is something I preach a lot, is that you want to celebrate having a good interview, having a day where you checked off everything you said you were going to do towards your job search. Because if you are 
judging that interview solely by whether they offer you the job or not, you are disempowering yourself and you're not giving yourself credit for the work that you did. Once you're done with that interview and you've prepared as much as you can and you've done your very best, it's out of your hands and you can't make them hire you. You can't affect that. At at some point, it's all up to them. But you can certainly reward yourself and celebrate the fact that I did really good in that interview. Or if it's not the whole interview, instead of focusing on what you didn't do well, how about that one question that you really aced? Let's celebrate that question. Let's celebrate how you left the interview and and how you wrapped it up. Whatever part of it will build you up, not tear you down. Women, please. (laughs) Yes, and even celebrating that you just showed up and you did it. Yes. I think about that quote, Brene Brown popularized it. I think it's Roosevelt who says the credibility goes to the the man and woman in the arena, the one who's in the arena doing the work. I wish I could remember the words of the quote, but every time you show up to an interview, every time you show up to use your voice, you are in the arena doing the work. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is fantastic content for for our listeners. How can they find you and find out more about the work that you do, Carissa? Well, my website is fearlessspeak.com. And you can find me on social media, on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, all at Carissa Carner. And it's Carissa with a C and Carner with a K. And that will all be in the show notes, folks, so you can check out all of those links. And I believe you have something that you're offering the listeners as well, Carissa? I do. So I made a special workbook all about the user voice framework. And that is a workbook that will take you step by step through each one of those pieces, V-O-I-C-E and celebration at the end, and help you walk through whatever it is that you want to use your voice for. And you can find that at Fearless speak.com slash use your voice. Thank you so much, Carissa. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. You guys check out Carissa's content, check out her links that, that are in the show note, connect with her on LinkedIn, and I'll see you guys next week. Enjoy your first week of the new year. Take care. You've been listening to The Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.